Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. I love, yes, amen, little one. I love being able to start um, hearing from God with the slate clean. That's why I think it's so powerful even to just go ahead and ask for forgiveness for anything you may know or not know even before you hear from him. But y'all, we're at the end of a year. Oh my goodness. Look, mil, oh I can't, wow, I almost said millions didn't make it. That would have been so bad. Okay. Y'all know that song, no? But I was one of the ones who did. It's not good to sing in the pandemic year, though. It just hit me while I was saying it. We're going to move on. Y'all, 2020 has shown me a lot about myself. I think it's shown us all a lot about ourselves. And let me just say, it's shown me also a lot about my children, okay? Because they was at home a lot. I looked at the children a lot because schools shut down, all the things that happened this year. And something that I got to realize about my kids is they all handle pressure differently. We got an 11-year-old, 8-year-old, and a 5-year-old. The 11-year-old is one of those kids that says, look, when pressure comes, if I made a bad choice, you're going to have to figure that out on your own, Mom. Because I'm not going to admit it to you. I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to just, and then when you ask me, I'm going to throw these words around so you don't know if I'm admitting it or denying it. We got an eight-year-old that just comes out and says, yeah, I did it. But then he also at the same time will say, but I have favor on my life, mom, and you know I'm cute. So I still think I can get away with this, mom. So you know what, I'm just going to face it because you love me. Then we got the five-year-old baby girl who says, I did it, and I'd do it again. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I'd still do it again. So something I've learned is that all the kids handle stuff differently, just like all of us. Look, we're just big kids in God, really. We have found that we handle pressure and all the things very differently, and this year has definitely squeezed us. And it squeezed us, uh, for some of us, a bit further than we ever thought we could go. And it's by God's grace, God's grace that, we'll that we are still here. But I want to say that no matter how you've been squeezed, you definitely have taken in a lot of messages, a lot of uh, things happening, for example, in society, from family, from all these different areas of your life and they have been telling you something. So I wanna kinda of pull the veil back on maybe some of the messages and things that we have been told this year because a lot of it does not line up with what God says. And I know for myself, I heard a lot of different messages this year and they were squeezing me. So one of the things that I heard this year was, um, you're black. Well, you know, this year I found out I was blackity black. I was like, wow, social justice stuff everywhere. I'm like, wow, I feel very myself this year. It was, it was interesting. Y'all know what I mean. 
So this year, I also heard society telling me that even though I'm black and I've been personally endured racism in my life, that for some, they feel as if it really is me blowing things out of proportion. That is a message I heard from some in society. I also heard the leader of the free world um, who could call white supremacist group to stand down. I heard him not do that for his personal gain, which sent me a message of, um, if it's me versus you, I'm choosing me. And so your equality in this moment does not matter. That's a message I received, whether right or wrong, it came through to me in some things that I experienced in society and in the world today. Um, I saw a lot of peers and people um, say hateful things. I was surprised at some of the things that, I don't know, I guess I just never saw coming. I didn't expect hate from certain areas. I didn't expect to see it. But there are some other messages outside of even social, social justice things that I saw. I saw pastors fall. And it sent me the message that all men cheat. And so then, I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with God's word because he says that we actually have the power to resist all temptation and that he gives us that. So I found myself struggling with all of the messages coming and what I was gonna do with them. And there were times where I didn't realize that I had started to actually accept and adopt certain ways of thinking that God says are not truth. So what am I gonna do now? I'm actually confused. I'm like, God, I am a black woman. But what I'm hearing is a message I heard from society is I should choose my blackness over my righteousness. I'm both. So God, how do I stand in all of who I am with you leading because right now I'm confused. And I really don't want to struggle with who I am. I don't want to struggle with my faith being pushed to the side for a cause. So God, I need your help. I need to know what to do with this pressure and the squeezing that's happening in my life. And so here's a scripture I wanna share with us based on this. So Matthew 13, let's go there. Let's go there. You know, something 2020 has definitely taught me is that I need church, not just words on the internet. There's a big difference. I found that on the internet where, you know, we would hear different messages, you know, from some really good, I mean, just great speakers all over the place, right? And you'll hear messages here and there. I found that it's really tempting to start word surfing. And we're grabbing words, and before you know it, we can get into a lifestyle where we're grabbing all of these words and we're, using the words to tell us how we should live, meaning how we should make our decisions and not God leading us to make the right decisions, that the actual messages that we're hearing pastors speak and stuff, they almost can become an omen. It's almost like, let me see what I need to grab at today 
instead of, God, let me talk to you today and see how you want me to flow and how you want me to move and what you want me to do. If we're not careful, we will take the word of God and try to fit into it, it into who we are instead of letting God lead us into who he's called us to be. So I heard this, I saw this clip um, by T.D. Jakes the other day, and T.D. Jakes made this statement of, whenever you miss worship at the beginning of a church service, that is the only portion where you're giving back to God. God doesn't get anything, he said, out of actually just speaking the word to you. So in a relationship with God, where it's supposed to be twofold, God says, I need you to give back. And then I also need you to open your heart to receive. So whenever, for me, when I'm like, I need church because if life speeds up too much, where this year it did, kids home, businesses, work, all these things, family, are you safe? Are they okay? The people, the congregation, everything is piling up. Church is that moment where I get to stop, give something back at the very least, and then God also pours into us, amen? But God has something to say specifically about how we receive his word, and I wanna call our attention to that in Matthew 13, and we're gonna start in verse 14, and I love the Amplified Bible, you guys know that. Uh, we're gonna start 14, and it reads, in them indeed, the process of fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah. This is a disciple Matthew speaking, and now he's quoting prophet Isaiah which says, you shall indeed hear and hear, but never grasp and understand. And you shall indeed look and look, but never see and perceive. So right now we hear Matthew talking about being around the things of God, being around, let's say it, churchy stuff, but not getting anything out of it. This is a common thing right? We can be in the room, be all around it, and really get nothing from it. And that's why when there's um, different women I've spoken to, when their husbands don't want to come to church, or, you know, and sometimes you're compelled to try to make them, right? Let's try to force them. Don't force them. Them sitting in the room, if they say they don't want to get nothing, they not going to get nothing. Let them be where they are until God arrests their heart and they can get where they need to get with his leading, amen? All right, verse 15, it says, for this nation's heart has grown gross, fat and dull. How can something be fat and dull? What the word is referring to here is getting all of this word in your head. You now have become fat with the word. You can quote scriptures. You know some of the meanest people I know can quote scriptures. You can quote scriptures. You know the word, all this in your head. At the same time, the word refers to them as being dull. Let's keep going. It says, and their ears heavy and difficult of hearing and their eyes they have tightly closed. So here, God is challenging a choice of hearing God's word, but closing our eyes anyway. Hearing what God has to say and saying, I'm not gonna accept that 
I'm going to choose this way. And this is where I think a lot of us found ourselves, especially in this year. We heard a lot of messages and things that were telling us one thing, and we had to choose to either open our eyes to what God said, or we could say, I'm going to keep them tightly closed, and I'm just going to do and be how I want to do and be. Now, God has said that there is something very, very um, concerning when we hear his word and decline it. So, when God says, you are more than a conqueror, but every day you beat yourself up and tell yourself that you're nothing, you have rejected God's truth and you have accepted a lie. When you parent and they push all your buttons and maybe you overreact, but you don't feel like you should ever apologize to the child, when God says that everyone should be treated kindly, it includes our kids, doesn't mean they're not disciplined. Are we accepting God's truth of loving one another or are we declining it for how we want to do things? This is something I had to unlearn. There's a lot of things that I asked myself at the end of the year, but one of the things I asked myself at the end of the year is God, is there something that I need to unlearn? Is there something that I have taken in and I've made it kind of a part of who I am that I need to unlearn that behavior or that way of being? When I was a young person growing up, we did not um, hug, we didn't say I love you at home. That's not how our family worked. And so as I grew up, I had to unlearn that behavior with God's help and I had to realize, man, what I learned and what was modeled for me, that wasn't right. It actually should be different. Some other things that I realized I had to unlearn is I had to learn that it's not okay to be okay with always having barely enough because God's word says something different. He says that I can have more than enough. So I had to unlearn a way of thinking in a poverty mindset and I had to learn a different way of even handling money. I had to unlearn and then learn again. I also had to learn that even though someone has the choice of following God with all, they heart, with all their heart, they have the choice that some people will still deny him and they could be my own flesh and blood and I cannot do anything physically. I can only pray and let God handle it. You know, even in recent days, I realized, man, I don't control a lot. <laughs> There's so many things that I would love to change and work out. And even yesterday, God was like, you know you can't fix that. Stop trying. Oh, the worst. Well, I've had to unlearn some things. So my question to you is, what are some things that you have learned that you may need to unlearn? You know, there are some, there are some folks maybe upward in age and you listen to them tell a good story, you know, maybe they're 60, 70, I don't know. And they start saying, back in the day when I was and I had the swag and I was cool and they're just talking about it, going in on their, you know, their hats they had and all the things. And you're looking at the person and you think, that gotta be at least 40 years ago. For me, their 
are some things I talk about today and I'm like, oh my goodness, that was 20 years ago. There's so much that I still may be operating out of from 30 years ago. Today, I still got it. 25 years ago, God says something different. He wants me to build something different, but instead I am holding on to maybe a way of thinking that I feel like helps me when God said it hurts me. So I want us to go, let's see here, to Matthew 7 and let's break this down. And I'm gonna pull out my little, my little, you guys know there's not an anointing on our family for like, super good illustrations without dropping and spilling things. So I'm gonna do my best this morning. I'm gonna do my best. Are y'all rooting for me up here? I know you are, I love you guys. Let's go to Matthew 7, and we're gonna go to verse 24. And it says, so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid, foolish man who built his house upon the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great and complete was the fall of it. So this year, with all the different messages and things that were coming in, I found myself in a place where I could easily Change out my foundation. I know that God calls me the righteousness of God. He says you're the head and not the tail. You're more than a conqueror, all of those things. But then when my husband had a life-threatening situation, I could easily remove a strong foundation and replace it with something a little bit more fallible, right? I had a choice. Because even though I have built a foundation in some areas in the word of God, some areas I have not. Some areas I thought I was strong, but this year told me, you're not as strong as you think you are. So I walk around, right? I think that I got it together. I think that I'm strong. And then 2020 comes and the rain fell and the wind blew and the storm came in. Now, all of us got challenged. All of us may have come into this year feeling really, really strong. And by God's grace, he'll keep our faulty little situation together. He is so, y'all, he is so merciful. He will let us just keep moving and going, choosing him when we want. Now, we have the consequences of our actions. We're gonna feel it, right? If we're not doing right, we're gonna feel it. But God is always there. But here's what I don't want. I do not want to have a makeup that I have accepted that my righteousness in God is actually um, less important than my spiritual walk with God. I don't want to accept 
that because I am a black woman, that I am less than any other race. I do not want to accept that even if I mess up as a parent, that I am not still called by God to be one in this time. I don't want to accept that I could be a better, I don't want to build my, I don't want my makeup to be that of, I'm not a good friend. I could be a better one. I don't want to be a wife who doesn't care about her husband. I don't want to be a person who says something and does something different. Now, the thing is, before when this was all put together, nobody can really see. All they see is that you're put together. But God knows what's on the inside. God knows if it really is strong. Can it handle the rain? Can it handle the storm? Or will it fall apart? And so with the things that you have learned in your life, I know that there are some things God is saying you need to unlearn them. As you go into 2021, what, did it, what is it that you need to unlearn? There were a lot of different types of relationships and marriages that were put in front of me. And as I've gotten older, I've realized, man, that really doesn't work. <laughs> I was reading in the Word even this year in Ephesians 5 and the Bible, um, there's a certain passage that talks about relationships and one of the most popular scriptures I heard growing up when it came to marriages, wives, submit to your husbands. Oh, flesh is crawling all over the room. And then it says, as unto the Lord. Oh, so it ain't for him. Got it. Then I went a scripture above it and it says, submit one to another? What? Why didn't my coaching pastor teach me this? That there's actually a submission that happens both ways? What? There were things that I had learned that God said, I need you to unlearn it and I need you to do it my way. So what does that mean? That means when I get challenged to believe that I really don't need to actually study the Bible so I can take it in my heart. All I need is a verse a day. No, I need to actually take the word of God. The word of God is something I need to meditate on. It needs to be a part of my life because if it's not, I'm not gonna change. See, sometimes we feel like we'll change enough by sitting in the room and looking at a scripture a day. You're not, you're going backwards. You may feel like you jump forward even just by showing up, but if you don't let God in, you're still moving backwards. Some of us used to not be angry people, and now we find ourselves angry attitude popping off constantly. But I go to church, but I look at scripture, but I hear praise and worship when I play it. How is that possible? Because without taking in the word, you don't have a foundation. Without taking it in, you'll never change. You literally will get worse and worse. When the word of God says that you are more than a conqueror, it says that you have the ability to conquer addiction. 
If you accept the word of God, you will now begin to build a solid foundation. If you decline the word of God and say, this thing will always have me, you won't be strong enough to win. You have to accept what God says. No one can do it for you. What else do we need to accept God's word on? Some of us feel like if we're in bad relationships, like I'm just gonna be suffering the rest of my life. Do you have to? No, you, you do not have to. When God asks us to treat each other a certain way, we have to choose to do it. We can't make someone else do it. You have to choose to be kind, choose to treat them well. But if you allow unforgiveness in your heart, you'll never be able to treat them well. Why? Because God says love, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip my scripture. God says the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you are walking around with unforgiveness, you don't have joy. You don't, why? Because unforgiveness is like a parasite. It sucks the blood right out of you. So you wanna do better, treat better, and you say, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. You can't be without the word of God. You can't be. If you let unforgiveness stay, you have to replace it with joy. You have to replace it with love. Which means what? You have to be willing to unlearn. You might have seen your dad smack your mom around. It does not mean you should smack your kids or your family around. Do you keep that faulty way of thinking or being? Or do you reject it and say, I actually am gonna be that man that God has called me to be. I think it's Psalm 119, a passage about, um, about men specifically. Amen. I'm going to be him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand in what God said. I'm not just going to be okay with they were smacked around. Maybe you were the kid who were abused growing up. Maybe someone touched you wrong. Are you going to accept something that says, you know what, I will never be able to have intimate relationships in my life? Or are you gonna take God's word and say, you know what, I will overcome. And I will do it by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. Some of us feel like we can't be anything. We realize there's not a lot we know, like man, I definitely realized that this year. I thought education was a sure thing. I turned into a homeschool mama. What happened? A lot got challenged. And then I had to realize, no, I can handle this. I can take this. Why? Because God says that he won't give me more than I can bear. So that means now I cannot continue to tell myself something different than what God says. So what I notice is the more that I start taking the truth and building with it, when the rain comes and the winds blow and the storm comes in, I am strong enough to withstand. Let's continue in this scripture. Matthew 13, verse 15, I'm gonna read it from the top again. It says, for the nation's heart has grown gross, fat and dull and their eye and their ears heavy and difficult of hearing, and their eyes they have tightly closed. That's not us today, we're opening our eyes 
until or lest they see and perceive with their eyes, this is a choice, and hear and comprehend the sense with their ears and grasp and understand with their heart and turn, I should what? Heal them. So God says on our parts, we have to be open to a different, a new way. We have to be open to a renewed mind on our health, open to a renewed mind on relationships, on our work, on our money. We have to be open to what he says and what will he do? He will heal us. I think sometimes we think it's okay to hold on to something. I know um, there was this narrative I would play around with in my head where when I was going to the clubs and dropping it low, you know, that's when I was a bad girl. Back in the day, I don't know, I'm, I'm just using this as an, I don't know what this is. Back in the day, that's who I was. I was a bad girl and oh yeah, oh yeah, going to the pool parties, yes, uh-huh. And then God said, if I asked you to let her go, would you let her go? Or do you want to keep holding on to an image that disgraced my name? Because that's the truth. It disgraced him. But for me, it made me feel what? Better than, prideful, all of these things. So God is saying today, if I asked you to let go of that dude from the street, would you let him go? If I asked you to let go of trying to control everything, every behavior, the judgment, would you let them go? If I asked you to let go of your elite education and the notoriety that comes with it, if I asked you to let go of that prestige, would you let it go? Would you actually begin to build in me instead and stop using this faulty mirage to define who you are? Because that faulty mirage gets you nowhere. How do we know? Because when the wind comes, when the rain falls, you're blown away. And so God says, I need you to walk away. I need you to unlearn those things. Even when it comes to the holidays, a lot of times this is just such a painful time for a lot of us. Some of us have really good memories. I have some good memories. Um, a lot of the good ones I have was after we got married and I started to kind of develop my own traditions and things like that. I have some really sad ones too. But something that God has said is because he will make everything new in him that I don't have to hold on to all of the sad, hurtful things. I can actually let them go. It's the only way that I was able to forgive both of my parents because as much as I love them to this day, there were some things that maybe they didn't get right. Maybe. I wanted more of my mom, a little bit less of my dad, love him. <laughs> And so as I got older, I would hate them. I even told them once, oh, I hate you. I remember that pause for my mom when I said it. My dad, oh my gosh. 
I don't know, maybe I cussed him out once. My might have. It might have came close. Oh, man, when I was in my 20s, oh, I'm coming for you, buddy. I'm out of your house. <laughs> Whoo! I had learned that being tough and protecting myself was the only way I was going to be able to survive. It's what I had learned. It's what my hood taught me. It's what my family taught me whether they tried to or not. Even to this day, low key, I'll show up to my front door. Somebody knock, I got a weapon. Who is it? Okay? Why? Because growing up, that could be anybody pretending to be somebody. Somebody could have been watching this house. I was on the phone with my mom, uh, what was it, yesterday? She's like, yep, I'm pulling in the garage. I'm like, mom, we need to get off the phone because you don't know who could have been hanging around there and I need you to be able to watch your back as you go into the house. She's like, girl, I'm in a garage. <laughs> mom. And even in that, the Holy Spirit in the last 24 hours said, sweetheart, you need to unlearn this. I'm your protector. You need to unlearn the fear of always being attacked. Sure, be wise, but you're not just being wise. You're preparing for an attack. You're always pre preparing for a protect, an attack, Priscilla. You need to really lock in on how much I am your protector. That if there was danger, I would prompt you, not you prompting you. To this day, I'm unlearning. Thank God for a husband with patience, right? <laughs> I warned him. Y'all know the story. Before we even got married, I said, look, I messed up. I know that it looks all glowy now because I serve in the church, love God, and all the things. But it's messed up in here. There's stuff about me I don't even know yet. I'm scared to be a parent. All the stuff. And God is saying, when you stick with me, you'll become who I've called you to be. When you decline me for all the other stuff, what? Dudes will need to be dating. Come on. Lord, help me. Hot Cheetos, I don't need to be eating. Okay. When I start using, what? I used to be addicted to pornography, addictions, all the stuff. It seems so strong and powerful. Oh my gosh. It really seems like it is like just gonna take our life over. Like we'll never be free. You totally can. You don't have to live in a place of torment. You don't. I feel like I'm supposed to, uh, to share this story and then we're gonna wrap up. Guys, when I was in college, Pastor Evan and I, we were dating, and we were dating the wrong way. Y'all know what I mean, okay? So here he comes, Division I basketball player, you know. I'm up here. I got the mic. I'm about to tell it. <laughs> Division I basketball player. I'm a freshman in school. I'm literally one year removed from inner city Memphis, Tennessee. So it, it was a train wreck waiting to happen. So I had a lot to learn. And so here he comes and eventually we start dating. And it was so toxic. I actually set down my whole faith 
for the dating relationship. I was like, I, if he, I even got my belly pierced for him. Did you know that? Yeah, he did, I told him. All the piercings, we were between breakups, so I was like, I needed him to know I had to wear my shirt so he could see that I, you know, I, I was cool, you know? I set everything down. You know what I was really doing? Where's my stack? I set down who I needed to be, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be in all the parties, all the clubs. I'm about to be cussing, you know, because that's what, you know, we do out here, you know? Now, I had certain lines. I was like, you know what? Oh, God's about to do something. I was like, you know what? But I'm going to stay in church. <laughs> so I might be in the street Saturday, but Sunday, I'm there, Lord. It's me and you. But then, should I have been allowing myself, you know, to give myself too early? No. Mm-mm, I shouldn't have. Well, I was still going to show up in chapel services. Thank God for ORU. Because without that chapel, I don't know if I would have made it. Lord help. So I was building something. I was building something with my choices. I had taken all of my bad learning and I was mixing it with what I knew was truth. And I thought I was okay. And then finally, a Bible study that one of the students felt led to create. It was primarily um, black kids. There weren't very many of us at that school. So there was this Bible study and somehow that Bible study shook me and it got me to start the denying all of the bad behavior I was having, like um, denying myself the pleasure of the bad behavior. So then I had to take a look at myself and say, man, I'm really messed up. I can barely tell what's truth anymore. I can't even tell if I should even be with them. We eventually broke up, got back together. It was still messy at first because I still look like this. Didn't matter if my head said I should change. This is the inside. So until I was willing to remove the bad stuff, until I was willing to actually unlearn that when someone says, are you going to that party? Nah, I'm not going tonight. Have fun though. When I actually started changing by the choices of accepting God's word, accepting truth, when I finally start doing that, I started to look different. And then God said, I need you to be by yourself. I need you to not date again. We were engaged in college. We ended the engagement. It was a, t oh, I remember that conversation. Remember that in the car? It was tough. It ended. I got a job offer the next year when I finished college, because this was messy all four years, for the most part, to finish college. And when I did, it was in Atlanta. It was the only place that this program was actually accepting applicants. I didn't know it till I applied, and they said, hey, this is all we got, okay? Here I go. I knew he's from Atlanta, and that's where he was. When I got there, did I call him? Nope, because God said, be by yourself. And if I would have chosen to start hanging out with somebody who you, I used to make bad choices with, if I got there and said, you know what? These clubs is lit in ATL in 2000 and some. I'm there. 
No one, what? Who was gonna check me? Nobody, I'm living there with me and my roommate, Emily. She don't know. She was also in the program. But instead, I said, you know what? I'm not going to the club because I'm gonna meet people I don't need to be with. I'm not going to start calling people who I used to make bad choices with, even though at that point he had turned his life around, he dedicated to God really growing and changing. I didn't know, didn't need to know, because God said be by yourself. He said keep this, don't let anyone knock it over. And many times, especially women, we will let people come tear our foundations down because we don't want to be by ourselves, Or we'll let our husband continue to tear it down by being mean, rude, and ugly to us, and we don't stand up for ourselves. Why? Because we're Christians. Jesus stood up for himself all the time. Come on. There's a standard that's supposed to be there in marriage. Say something. Pray. Say something. Doesn't work? Get counseling. They won't go? Do something. Don't just let them tear you apart. So then we end up at the same church. When I first got there, he was mad, y'all. He was like, what are you doing here? Because he was dating this girl. <laughs> and then what I found out later is we, he went to her house, you know, to meet her mom and stuff. He looked over at this picture frame and I was in the picture frame because I had dated her brother. <laughs> God is so funny. So eventually, we're both in the church and we had been completely transformed. I'm sure of who I am in God. I don't have to be in a relationship to feel like I matter. I was very sure of what my boundaries were. Like at that point, I'd start to learn even more about how to handle money. And as I did, God gave me more. He would give me better jobs and things because I constantly gave. And then I would steward, I would pay off debt. He started to trust me more. He could trust me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then this guy approaches me at church and he wants to date me. It's the same guy. And I literally prayed. I'm like, God, what are we gonna do with him? Cause me and you are tight. Well, eventually, we, well, we went to our pastors. We got accountability immediately. I was at that point living by myself. I moved in with a roommate because I didn't want to give in to like, you know, extra sin, you know what I mean? I needed accountability. So I moved in with someone. We dated publicly, not home, Netflixing. It wasn't even invented then, sounds so old. So I had to do stuff differently, why? Because I'm not gonna let this dude tear down what God had already called me to build. He was doing something. And if I just give it all up and start over, I was like, nope, this was hard work. And so when he married me, what he came to realize is I still had some stuff. I did. It wasn't all gone yet. A lot of it I had replaced with God's word, but there was a chunk of it that was, I still had. Even to this day, I'm still unlearning. So my challenge to all of you today no matter what your story is, is I know that you can be this. You can have the truths in you so strong 
that when the rain comes, you're not taken out. When the storm comes in and all the wind is blowing, that you feel it, but it doesn't knock you out. You can do it. And it has to be God's way. That's where the peace, y'all, that's where real freedom is. You don't got to stay addicted to stuff. You don't have to now consider, oh, well, maybe I just need to date this or date that because this gender doesn't work. That's not true. You mean to tell me God ain't made nobody for you? My goodness, how are we talking about dating so much? Some of us need to hear this, I guess. Guys, don't give yourself up for something that is nothing. I wanna pray for you. Everyone stand to your feet. I feel like some of us are in a place where we have decisions that we need to make even right now. And the decisions maybe everyone doesn't know about, it's just kind of decisions in your heart. You've accepted some ways of being and thinking and you know you need to challenge those. And God wants you to challenge those, but he doesn't want you to do it by yourself, right? We're not just gonna go out of here and just think, you know, I'm just going to, be different. No, we're going to take what we heard. There are truths that God has in place for us. There are people that you're called to be that you have not said okay to. Like, there's a certain wife I'm called to be, and I'm still very much striving to be her. There's a mom I'm called to be. I'm still striving towards her. The Holy Spirit is my guide, along with wisdom, because he says that's a principal thing, wisdom. Right? It's the spirit and wisdom, right? So there's a person that maybe was demonstrated for me where God says, no, I need you to unlearn that and I need you to become her. He's challenging you. I need you to become him. Let go of the tough dad. When the Bible says that you should not cause your raise your children in wrath or anger. Let go of the wife who lies, who hides things from her husband. When God says you should have an honest heart, let go of lying to yourself when you know this thing is hurting you. You know it is. You don't want to let it go because you think it makes it better. It doesn't because it's hurting you from the inside out. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.